Hello, baseball fans. Uh, so much is happening in the world of sports, just none of it happening with your Cleveland Guardians. We do have a minor league free agent to talk about. We are going to look at how they could upgrade this team. We looked at the free agent market yesterday and saw there's really only one name standing. So we're going to get into the trade market. We're going to get about the newest minor edition and so much more on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. <laughs> Are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you for joining me today. We are back to five days a week, so I want to thank everyone. We were 83rd this week on Apple iTunes Podcast for Baseball. So back in the top 100, big thank you to all the Lockdown Guardians listeners. And I want to remind you again to remember to subscribe, like, comment on YouTube. That helps. And download daily. Uh, both of those are great ways to help support Lockdown Guardians if you enjoy the show. It's a simple thing you can do to help us out. Uh, remember, and I want to thank you for making us your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. I am Jeff Ellis. If you uh, have not listened to the show before, I should see how close I am to 700. I have to be right on the cusp of it. I've been the host of this podcast since its inception. Before that, I was a lead prospect and draft analyst over at 24-7. If I'm being honest, right now I am watching more college games than I am spring training games. Uh, if you are coming to the podcast for spring training, I'm sorry. I mean, I saw the score tonight was 25-12. to 12. They lost to the Rangers. And that right there in a nutshell is why... I mean, it's great, you know, break off some of the rust, get a chance to see some players you may not see. There's some excitement always in terms of that. But let's be honest, it's not uh, it's meaningless baseball. And there's, you know, who is going to be the you know, best shape of their life slash, you know, I always refer to this as the Casey Kochman got LASIK surgery. If you remember back in the day, like Casey Kochman was this elite defensive first baseman who was supposed to win a batting title. One of those guys who, you know, I talk about with. Naquin and Zimmer being called the best hit tools in their draft by national, like the guys in the industry. And this isn't to knock those people, but you know, Casey Kochman's another one. He's going to win a batting title. That, that didn't happen, but uh, it was, he was all of a sudden going to turn around. He's going to be more than just a defensive first uh, defensive first, first baseman, man. It's amazing. You can get first baseman extremely cheap. You know, Luke Voigt just went for uh, a back end of a top 10 prospect Two years ago, he led the American League in home runs. Uh, you can go out there and get, uh, you know, Cron, who resigned with uh, Colorado a few years ago, just very cheap. Guardians have been struggling to get consistent play out of first base for a while now. Uh, outside of Carlos Santana, it's been pretty dry there. Let, let's be honest, it's been a bad situation at that position. But, uh, you know, to get back into it, it's like the talk was okay, Kochman's going to be this star because he got LASIK and he's going to be better. He didn't last the season. Remember, Logan Allen was, uh, you know, he was the fifth starter on the back of being in the greatest shape of his life last year. If they have to, they only have six relievers currently on their 40-man roster. If they have to roster someone, I'm betting Logan Allen is the first player off. Uh, I'm just going to call that now. Bobby Bradley, the best shape of his life. Doesn't matter how in shape you're in if you can't lay off balls outside. Like, we get into these every year. I'm surprised maybe just because I'm not spending as much time on Twitter in general. I'm not getting as deep into this. But there's, I mean, we could, you know, if I had taken notes, we could literally do this for every single year as long as I've been following the team. There is always someone who is in the best shape of their life 
they're you know basically the only time this is true is when you hear about a change to swing mechanics back a few years ago when launch angle really became a thing by now most people who are changing their launch angle have changed it it's not gonna be something that uh you know the revolution of that has already come and gone so but that was about the only time it was actually true since then it's a load of huey 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 uh but yeah it, it uh, that story hasn't emerged yet. It will emerge. But spring training baseball, it's interesting to see the young players. It's good to – for. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's shortened spring training, so you're going to be starters probably only throwing about 70 pitches in a start. Uh, they're not going to be fully stretched out yet. So, you know, that's probably the biggest value in spring training is just stretching out your starters. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, there's so much talk about what Oscar Gonzalez, um, you know, not so much talk. Let's put it this way. Again, I'm not online a ton on Twitter. I just don't see a ton of value in it for spring training discourse let's put it that way there's value in it breaking news it's where everything is there's some great analysis and uh people i like to interact with on there but when you get right down to it like uh, people can talk about oscar gonzalez in the sweet swing again i you know he here's the thing oscar gonzalez has proven me wrong at every step of the way oscar gonzalez is oscar gonzalez is no oscar gonzalez is a twitter follower of mine uh, he has always had great physical tools and great power. Could he be an above-average outfitter? I think so. Like, I think that is a potential outcome. The problem is Oscar Gonzalez is either going to be like a three, three-and-a-half win player or he's going to be a triple-A guy. There's no in-between with that profile. It's a hard profile for success, but I think it's one where, again, I, I'm not opposed to him going out there and playing or getting the opportunity. I don't think he gets that opportunity, though, because the 40-man is sitting there stacked with... Like I said, they did the thing they hate to do. They put Carlos Vargas on the 60-day disabled list because they didn't have any easy choice to make. There was no easy cut. They don't have a player that they're, you know, they want to see what someone like Mercado and Zimmer, these are guys, you know, Zimmer was a high first-round pick. Zimmer was a top 30 prospect in all of baseball. Oscar Mercado, you know, they traded away two interesting prospects to get him, and he was a Rookie of the Year candidate in his first year. Now, if you go back to this podcast in his rookie season, it's like, hold up, people. And I warned you about it. Like, I, I don't get everything right. But you can go back and find where I was like, I don't think you can bet on him because of the, just the natural streakiness and the overall profile. But when you see the physical tools of both of those players, that's who you want your new hitting coach to work with. You know, they had a warm body at hitting coach for a decade. Uh, not someone who's doing anything new. Not someone who's gaining the advanced thought. Not someone who was uh, helping anyone develop very clearly. So with, with this changeover, you got this you know, new coach in, and then he couldn't do anything. It was perfect timing. So I think they want to see if he can help. Like I said, they're hoping that physical tools and approach and everything else can be, you know, uh, I keep thinking the word married. That's not the word I want, but brought together properly. Um, you know, it, I don't know if it can happen, but that's that's what they're hoping for, and that's what they'll see. But what stops like Oscar Gonzalez, he's not on the 40-man. They don't have a spot for him. He has zero chance in my mind, or in my opinion, to to come to camp with this team. Because, again, they have six relievers on their 40-man. Uh, I'm kind of surprised Shaw hasn't been invited in yet. I feel like it's just a matter of time. Blake Parker as well. I expect both of them to be non-roster invitees. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen a vet added yet. We'll talk about Mitchell Tolman in segment two. But... And he's not a pitcher. Let's let's if anyone out there is like that's. I'm just talking about because he's the latest addition to camp. But I'm sure there'll be a vet who comes in, and there will be 
one or two guys who make it. So they're going to have to cut two players from this roster. Um, you know, probably I could see something like a designated for assignment for a Mercado where maybe he nets you, you know, someone like Dominic uh, Cassetta Stubbs when Bowers went away. All right. That's, that's kind of what you're looking for. That guy who has some upside, maybe could make it to the big leagues. Odds are against him, but they're also a long way away from you having to worry about uh, 40 man manipulation. So when you're looking at this team, they're going to have to add two relievers before they had an outfielder. And ahead of him on that 40-man you know, pecking order for outfield, Straw has center field locked up. You got Zimmer and Mercado, who we talked about. We don't have to get into that debate. If Naylor comes back healthy, uh, kind of surprised he hasn't been. Like, is he ready to go? Like, how? Yeah, I, yeah it, he, he's a guy I can almost see, you know, 60-man DLing at some point. Like, if they really need to open a spot. And I can also see just because of his situation you know i know he's hitting i know he's playing i mean you can't really 60 man dl him right now but he just doesn't feel like a guy who is going to be ready to go i mean i I could be wrong but it it was such a gruesome injury i mean there were people like myself included the concerns if he'd ever play again um you know he's he's we'll see what he can do but, you know, it just adds to those players that are ahead of Gonzalez in the pecking order. Uh, we haven't even talked about Palacios and Quan. Um, it's a crowded grouping. It makes it hard for someone like And then he talked at Ahmed Rosario. We'll talk about that more in segment three, if possible player you could match up slash platoon with him. But if he's going to spend more time in outfield, it's even less, you know, opportunities for someone like Ogon. So I think Oscar Gonzalez is... Um, has a chance to be the talk of camp, but ends up being um, not uh, a contributor. And it's no fault of his own. Nothing he can really do. It's just when you were that far down the pecking order and you were a team on a team that has no space in their 40-man, unless a trade comes together to finally open up some breathing. I talked about Houston yesterday and how like they have nothing, but they would make so much sense for, um, for Rosario because they need a stopgap shortstop but they're just kind of a mess. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of anything in system. Like, you know, I talked about, it's like you could trade Ahmad Rosario to uh, his trade value was the equivalent of Glybar Torres or the equivalent of like Luke Voigt plus Joey Gallo. Like he has a relatively high trade value as a shortstop who can be average-ish uh, offensively and below average-ish defensively in two years of team control. So there's value there. And the problem is like the Astros, it's like, okay, you can get a competitive balance pick. And uh, I don't know. And they're not really looking to to trade away a guy and not get someone who can help them. And when, you know, they, that Houston team, though, is, is sadly the ideal one because their 40 man is weak right now. Like they have the the spots to go out and uh, to absorb a few players cause just because they don't have much there. That's why I like that trade for Yanner Diaz. I'm sure they'll add him to the 40 man. He would have to be added. They don't really need to, you know, I didn't even look to see if they added him, but I bet they did because their 40 man is very weak. So this is just my way of saying this 40 man is an absolute disaster show and the Guardians have to figure out something because let's say Gonzalez does look like your best outfield option. He probably still doesn't break camp with the team because they'll say, well, you know, he we want to continue to work on some of his skills, his defense, maybe being a little more selective at the plate. But what they're really saying is we don't have a spot. We got to figure this out and we still haven't figured this out. And I know they've been in on 
Olsen, they've been in and Winker. They keep telling us they're finishing, you know, uh, they're, they're in on these guys. Well, until they actually pull the trigger, and we'll talk about that more in segment three as well. Like, who is left on Oakland you can go out and get. There are still players that get help, the Guardians, uh, you know, undoubtedly looking at that team. And there's other teams uh, as well who could have some players that could help the Guardians. And we'll get into all of that uh, in our later segment, segments of the show. We're going to take a first commercial break here, come back, and talk about the newest addition to camp and continuing to kind of talk about the roster in general. It's that time of year again. As college basketball's tourney is finally upon us. Akron. Such a fun game. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So now that we've uh, <laughs> fully depressed everyone, I thank you again for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day. Uh, I do want to remind you to uh, hit up the social media. Hit me up at Jeff MLB Draft. Now that we're five days a week, uh, you know it's a little bit harder to do content. Let's, let's just be honest. Until the season begins, then it's a little bit easier to a degree. It's always about when the games finish. Uh, but you know, the mailbag and all that stuff. And sometimes, you know, I talk about Alton, who hit me up with a great question that we did like a whole week of like why prospects fail. And I thought that was fantastic. And, uh, you know, again, thank you to him for that idea. And, you know, it's a, I have a lot of fun. Uh, Nathan, I've talked about many times on the show here. He sent me some good ideas. Andy is always out there helping me correct things. Aaron, who I tease about Virginia. Uh, I haven't heard from Zal in a while. He used to hit me up on the Facebook. I hope he is doing, or is, See, I had so long, I'm like, I think that's not his name. It was his Z name, and I apologize. But it's been like over a year, dude. If you're still listening, uh, let me know. But yeah, no, it's uh, you guys help drive the show, guys and gals. So always, you know, continue to do that and help Lockdown Guardians grow. And we're up to 40 followers plus, so that'd be great. We have, and I'll take my hat off if you're watching on the YouTubes. We finally have officially 100 ratings, a 4.6 rating. Thank you for being so kind. We have 100 ratings over here. Uh, on the podcast, I think I already thanked Ryan Cleveland one. Uh, he's pretty much listened to all 667 episodes. So W, W, thank you. Double thank you. This will actually be episode 675. So we'll hit 700 uh, in April. We're that close. But yeah, we have crossed 100. So thank you, Lockdown Guardians team. And we broke the top 100 baseball podcast this past week. And now we're going to be back doing five days a week. So we should crush that easy. Uh, especially because baseball podcasts are going away. I don't know if everyone saw like the ringers getting rid of baseball content. And like, I know how awful that feels. Um, having been that dude when 24 seven got rid of baseball, like I've never been fired <laughs> from a journalism job. When I say like former writer at scout and 24 seven scout went bankrupt and CBS bought it. And then, uh, CBS got rid of our archive, which was like a kick in the pants. So that's like when, we lost a lot of our sites. <laughs> there was still like the Tigers and the Indians, and I think like the Marlins, because they kept, um, you know, reskinning my articles, which is totally like a legal thing. Don't, if that guy's out there, I'm like, no, they were supposed to like reskin and help promote that way. Uh, anything on site, you know, they could put on their site, and I would also get credit for that, as would they. It was a great thing. Um, but we were all kind of hanging on because we all had a little 
And the funny thing, like, if you go back, back, like, literally before um, Scout went under, like, waiting for next year came to Scout for a bit. It was interesting. Um, I could do a whole, like, six-part series on what went wrong there. Uh, There were some things that were very ahead of the time and some things they were not. uh, But it was, honestly, in terms of writing, that was the best place I ever wrote. They, They promoted their writers, and they were very kind all around the board. So I have nothing but good things to say, even with the craziness. 24-7 just had no interest in baseball. And like I said, they, they washed away our archive from this art. Um, and then they just cut baseball altogether. Even though, like, they rose a debate to keep me because of my how much I do with college baseball. And, like, uh, thank you to the University of Illinois site. Like, uh, Jeremy Warner and Austin Buckland and that group was always very kind and always had me on during draft season. And uh, God, the Georgia guy, I'm blanking on. I wasn't on a show last year, but I was on it every year before then. He's out of Macon. I can't think of his name, but it was good being part of a team. But I, I feel that frustration, but it's also the sadness. Like, baseball is getting cut. Um, so, it stinks. That's just, just, this is me off the cuff. This isn't what I have open tab-wise in front of me. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to quickly talk about there is uh, a big thank you for everything you as fans do for this show. So, let's talk Mitchell Tolman. A former Pittsburgh Pirates draftee, uh, taken on the Rule 5, I want to say, right? At one point in time, he played last year in uh, San Francisco in AA and AAA and was a league average bat in those two levels. Um, why am I blanking right now? When the Indian Guardians made the trade where they traded Tajne Thomas, man... <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. I got loud. It just hit me. The Pirates chose not to protect him. How lucky did they get? Like, I thought for sure he'd be gone. He was such an electric arm. But Tajne Thomas was, um, you know, he had barely been a pitcher when the Guardians traded him for uh, Jordan Luplo, which, I mean, that worked out. They got production from Luplo. But I'm blanking on the second baseman who was not here long. But Tolman's profile immediately as I looked at him, like, oh, it's like that dude. Uh, who I've blocked out of my mind as a form of like PTSD from the Stamets and um, that guy era. So he walked at a decent amount in the minors. He has absolutely positively no power. Um, he is an okay defender. Like it's it's a weird addition from the perspective that like this team is so loaded with uh, middle infielders. It's like. Where does he even play? Like, what is he going to do? Who is he taking reps from? Like, I, you know, he's he's played in 2019. He's in the AAA level as well. Um, if you look at that year, I mean, it was only 12 games. You can't take much. But he's got a yeah, – he's just been league average-ish as he's moved up the pipe. He's There's nothing – there's not much there. <laughs> like, I'm sorry if, like, you're his parent. Um He's just a very typical, like, quad A middle infielder. He could probably play for a while, play second, first, or third, uh, University of Oregon player. But I, I just, with this Guardians team, and here's the thing. If you're Mitchell Tolman, you know the up-the-middle depth the Guardians have. You do not want to go to that team. Like, if you had a better offer, you'd take it. So I feel like this is just kind of where he is. A, a career... He did get to the big leagues very briefly. Let's see, where is that? It's saying that he got to the big leagues for 34 games. And now I'm just trying to spot that in here. I don't see that. Is this like a glitch in the baseball reference data? 
I don't think he got to the big leagues. I think that 34 games is, yeah, that's wrong. That's for some reason the the one season is the summer league data. He's never made it to the big leagues. Uh, I finally got that together. But his like minor leagues data, uh, a 748 OPS. You know, he's he walks some. He strikes out okay, but again, you know, 100 strikeouts for a guy without much power, split between double and triple A in 2019 is not ideal. Uh, again, I think this is probably more. The fact that he, you know, he'll play second, short, and third, and probably play some first as well. Uh, he can be a, a super utility type, but if he had, you know, he's 27 years of age. I don't know if the big leagues are going to happen for him at any point, and if he had a better offer, I don't think you come to Cleveland because your agent's going to be like, you're buried there. You have no opportunity, snow opportunity. You have no opportunity to get to the big leagues. Uh, they just already have a, a smashed roster, and um, they have they have more middle infielders than any other team in baseball. So he's been added. He'll turn 28 in June. You know, again, this is not like I always feel like I'm picking on someone who's like living their dream and already had to like overcome so much as a seventh round pick to get this far. But it's just I mean it's the honest truth. Like you don't come to the Guardians as a middle infielder and expect them to be the team that's going to give you that opportunity to play in the big leagues the only way that happens and we've talked about this before is when you add someone to the 40 man who let's say somebody got hurt and you know that uh maybe you're moving someone to like the 60 man and it's a temp move and you're going to maybe cycle a few players through that spot or if you need to someone to come up on an emergency basis then you might end up after a few days replacing them with a pitcher and you're not afraid to lose them that that's where someone like this steps in. And we talked about that uh, on the show as well. So, because that's what we talked about when they signed the relievers they signed and the, you know, the pitchers that they've added, Uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing. If you're a seventh rounder, you probably got, you know, a lesser bonus. Didn't even check to see. I think he was a senior sign potentially. No, he wasn't, but still, Uh, you know, it's someone who has, He's worked really hard, but yeah, it's as an addition to the team, it's not someone you're expecting huge things from. I think if you just know how baseball works, we're going to take that last break, come back, and talk about the Oakland A's. Who's left? Who can help? And, uh, you know, what players performed well for them a year ago? I talked about it last time. Don't be a lazy schmuck like me. I have needed windshield wipers since. You can go back and hear me talk about how I'm going to get windshield wipers from Rock Auto. Um, probably in October, November. I think that's when the, the strip came off. And finally, uh, you know, I went and got my oil changed. Don't listen to the three-month, 3,000-mile hype, by the way. Look at what your car manual says. So, yeah, I did the, the thing where I waited for quite a few more miles, and I was just lazy. And I'm like, yeah, can you get some? I need wipers. They, they don't have anything left. And they charged me like 50 bucks, 60 bucks for two wipers and installation. And all I can think of is the best wipers, the most sold wipers for my car on Rock Auto were $14 each. I could have literally saved 20 dollars if I just hadn't been a lazy schmuck. Don't be a lazy schmuck like me. Go to rockauto.com. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKED. Or no. Oof. No promo code. Make sure to, in the little box, let them know how we did that we sent you there. Go to, in the little box, type LOCKED ON, LOCKED ON MLB. How'd you find out about us? You want to type some form of LOCKED ON to let them know their advertising money is well spent. Again, it's going to save you money. I learned my lesson. Don't be lazy. Don't just be like, oh, I'll take care of it when I get my oil change. Go look for yourself. Go save yourself money. I spent the time to go look up the item to do an ad read, and then I just didn't follow through. And it was 
incredibly dumb and now I am poorer because of it. Don't be dumb like me. Go to rockauto.com and get those parts your car needs. So Oakland's got a, uh, a flea market, a garage sale, uh, you know, a rummage sale, whatever you want to call it. It is very clear that if it's not nailed down, Oakland is up for discussing trading uh, said player. So when you're going and looking at that Oakland team, it's like, what is left in place? Who is still playing for them? Uh, who is producing for them in, in 2021? You know, I know they finished, you know, 86 and 76. It's hard to believe two years ago they were a playoff team. They had to overcome a lot, and they still had a lot of talent. You think about, like, a rotation with Bassett, Montes, and Minea. Montes and Minea. Uh, and instead, I mean, they're doing what the Guardians refuse to do, right? They are just going to completely shred it and start over. One can't help but think, you know, uh, I want to go look at Kyler Murray. <laughs> like, when he was drafted in that 2018 draft, ninth overall, which I, mean, I didn't put him in my draft rankings because I didn't think he wanted to play baseball. <laughs> and I talked about that when he was a high schooler. I go, I don't think this guy wants to play baseball. I don't think he likes baseball. You know, Travis Swaggerty was a guy that I loved. That's who I would have probably advocated with that pick and or Logan Gilbert uh, right there. Uh, I was not high on Grayson Rodriguez, you know, that sometimes you don't get him right. I'm never going to be high on a prep arm. But those are some of the guys they could have had. Um, you know, it doesn't always work out. Like Connor Scott, uh, Marlins, I believe, already traded away in a really minor deal. Cole Wynn had a big rebound year for the Rangers. Uh, you know, if you the, who the Guardians take that year, that uh, was Bo Naylor. If you were curious, I, I mean, just you know, Nico Horner has played a bunch of games in the big leagues. Uh, Shane McClanahan with Tampa, Jackson Coward, Daniel Lynch, Brady Singer, Chris Bubik. Uh, I know those are all just Kansas City arms. Uh, Jared Kalenic's been worth negative two, nearly negative two wins, though he was taken before him. So there's you know a lot of players have made it. It was just. Oh, I mean, that was a 4.6 million. It was a big bonus. That's bad situation by the athletics. I was just like, could they have, you know, I, I think they would still been in a full teardown, even if they had added someone like Logan Gilbert to help make that uh, rotation even more of a strength. But I couldn't help but think about that in the moment. So who's left? That That's probably the bigger question, right? Who could they still conceivably uh, look to trade or move on from? So I was just looking over at fan graphs at like who had uh, runs created plus over 100. By the way, Jed Lowry was at 100 even. Matt Chapman was only 101 last year. Now, we, there's been some decline there, and that's why his price wasn't quite as high. So if you're just looking at like who were their top offensive performers, Matt Olson was number one. Starling Marte was number two. Number four, Mark Caneja. Number five, Ramon Lariano in terms of... Uh, Runs created plus. Who's number three? Tony Kemp. So let's talk about Tony Kemp for a second. He was worth 2.7 war last year. He's predicted to be worth 2.3. He makes 2.25 this year. And you have two years of team control. He is 30. He plays second and left. He's kind of... And here's the other thing. He bats left. He's a lefty. So he's kind of a perfect... If you were going to go with a full platoon with Rosario, I don't think they would... But he's like the perfect candidate, right? He is that guy uh, you can move into those positions and play, you know, if you let Jimenez play second or shortstop, then you could just do Rosario Kemp uh, if you wanted to flip him around, figure something out. But uh, in a pure platoon, that would be probably pretty effective. 
And he's been, here's the thing with Tony Kemp over his career. The previous year before that, he was at a 97 runs created plus. 76 in the year he left Houston. 2018, he had a 110. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some risk. And it was, what, only a hundred, or 397 plate appearances last year. It wasn't like the full set. And his bat pip was a 304, which is a little high for him. But, you know, he performed well. He's not going to hit like hardly any home runs. Extra bases aren't his game. But he gets on base and he walks at a high percentage. And if we go over and you look at his... Uh, baseball savant data his outs above average while playing multiple positions last year 74th percentile so he's a good defender at second base or in left field chase rate 88 walk percentage 92nd k percentage 97th with percentage 93 now exit velocity is, is blue hard hit is second percentile barrel percentage second percentile he does not hit the ball hard or well but he doesn't strike out and he walks a lot he's kind of a weird combo normally you don't see that guy who doesn't strike out a lot, but also has a high walk percentage. Um, you know, it's normally kind of those things go hand in hand of being so patient that you tend to strike out a bit more just naturally. So Kemp has, you know, some good traits. He is five six, one sixty. It's not a surprise that he's not, you know, a dominant, dominant player with his measurables, but he does things well. He has a super cheap contract and in a, you know, a, a super utility role, and only letting him, he, should, he shouldn't face lefties. Let's be honest. He, he's a guy who is out there versus righties, and then he's a backup type who you feel comfortable bringing in against lefties who makes almost nothing. Played 89 games at second, 49 at left a year ago. He's worth considering. I, he doesn't carry a huge price tag either. You know, we talked about Ramon uh, Lariano. We didn't get into his savant data. And that's the one thing, like his outs above average were 22nd percentile in center a year ago. His jump was at a 68, uh, sprint speed to 65. So he might be better off moving into a corner spot. Obviously, he would keep strong center and you could put Laureano. It's, it's, you have this tendency to think, you know, that you have to move that guy to left field when you leave center because of arm strength. But I believe Laureano's arm is actually quite strong. Now, his barrel percentage was 71st a year ago. His max exit velocity, 84. His average, only 25. He didn't walk a lot. His strikeout rates, those things are in the blue. But slugging percentage, expected slugging, expected weighted on base, those are you know touching red or in the red barrel percentage, 71st. There's still a lot of positives. He is still someone you absolutely 100% should be calling Oakland about. He is someone you want to call and talk to them about. Uh, last year was a year of turmoil for him. He still, yes, he, he's suspended for 27 more games, and we've talked about that many times that that's not the biggest deal. He's a potential, you know, 20-plus home run guy who can be an above-average defender, and you know, he's never going to be high average, but he'll walk a little and do enough. He's going to be productive. Um, I, I think he is still absolutely worth the chase with, what, four years of team control? And the other player to talk about in Oakland is Seth Brown. Last year was his third year getting shots in the big leagues and the first time he got an extended look he had 307 plate appearances a 103 runs created plus so it's not the highest but he was worth 1.1 war by fan graphs and was actually a, a good defender by their mod nope negative defender by their models i was looking at the wrong year there uh, but he hit the you know as a you look at him you're like a 214 274 480 uh struck out 29 percent of the time but on the other side of that 214 average in those 307 plate appearances is the 230 bat pip, which is unsustainably low. No one's going to keep Like, even someone who is super slow typically does not go, you know, maybe 270. 
Uh, and Brown isn't super slow. If we go over to a stat cast, his sprint speed was 76th percentile. Max exit velocity, 90th. Outs above average in that outfield, 90th. Uh, he doesn't have data for anything else. Outfielder jump was a 54 because he just didn't play enough. But when you go through the data from last year, there's a lot of good things. The barrel percentage, his sweet spot. He's doing a lot of things well overall. Um, so, and let's see. I wanted to come down here to his just fastball breaking off speed, like what he faced a year ago. Uh, he was a fastball killer, I think one could say. Everything else, not so much. <laughs> he is looking fastball all the time. Uh, similar batters, Kyle, Hi- uh, Hi- Hi- Kyle Higgy with the Yankees, Eric Haas, Kyle Garlick, apparently a lot. And by the way, that's not, he's got five comps, three are Kyle's, Ryan Mootcastle, and then Kyle Seeger. So just in terms of his production, uh, he ran well. He did a lot of, uh, you know, the exit velocity when he hit it, he hit it hard. He's a former 19th round draft pick of Oakland back in 2015. He's been around forever. He just hasn't had uh, consistent opportunities. He's performed decently well in the minors. Uh, You know, he's essentially, let's see, 2019. He hasn't had a lot of, like 2020, he just didn't get a lot of opportunities because the the year was what it was. Uh, In 2021, he had a few years. He's kind of been like their fourth or fifth outfielder, but consistently on their roster. Uh, He's only had one year of service time. And he's still got two options left. He'll turn 30 this summer. Again, if you're looking for someone who's a cheap... It's like, is Seth Brown an improvement over what they have in-house? That's what you have to ask. Like, who do you want out there? Oh, I've gone super long. Kemper Brown. But as I you know look at this, it's like, Brown is an interesting profile. I think I would still rather run with what they have than be the one to give Seth Brown the extended look. And honestly, if you're Oakland, like it behooves you not to trade him. Why sell low? You're going to be a bad team. You should definitely let him go out and play because if he rakes for the first half of the year, if he shows that power he's shown, and if the bat pip evens out and the average goes up and he's got, you know, potentially a, a runs created plus like north of 110 could happen, his value shoots through the roof. And you're still going to, if you consider trading him at the end of the year, it's still two years of service time, still four years of team control. There's a lot of value in holding on to him. So I think Seth Brown, yes, he's age 30. You know, he's going to be age 30 this year. That dampens things. But, I don't know, early 30s team control and a power-hitting outfielder, I think I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think, again, Laureano makes the most sense. I think Kemp is probably second. And if you are the Guardians, I mean, this is what it comes down to. And I think, honestly, going so long, I apologize, this is what we're experiencing. Unless they can get a slam dunk, they know they've got Quan, they've got Gonzalez, they've got Palacios, they've got Nolan Jones, they've got George Valera. You know, uh, Oscar Gonzalez isn't on the 40 man. The rest of that group is, and they're all more than likely outfielders. They're going to have to let the young kids play, even though that's not, you know, is Tito going to let them play? I don't know. I guess the other option is like, don't give Tito anyone else. So he has to play them. Like, okay, this is what you got. There's no vet here. You know, they're they're done with the Domingo Santanas and the Eddie Rosarios of the world. Unless it's a clear upgrade, which Ramon Lariano would be, I don't think they're going for it. And that's kind of, I feel like, been echoed out there. So I don't think we're going to see, unless 
which again, I think Tommy Pham is a clear upgrade. Like that's the free agent player to chase. You know, if you can trade for Lariano, I think that's an upgrade. Austin Hayes, one can make a case. Yeah. So I see why maybe that's not the case. Can you get a Brian Reynolds or a Cedric Mullins? I still don't know. I, I honestly don't. Could Seattle trade Kyle Lewis? I still think that is an upgrade. Uh, and I think that is someone you could inquire about. But the only players that we know 100% would be upgrades right now based on what the Guardians have in those players' past production feels like Tommy Pham and Ramon Lariano in terms of players who could be available. I think otherwise, you may not like it. I don't. I'll be honest. Is this outfield is setting up to be Steve Kwan, Miles Straw, and then a poo-poo platter in the other spot. You know, Zimmer Mercado platoon of some kind uh, until... You know, someone like Palacios or Jones makes it so they can't be ignored. Uh, I think their plan is to really... I mean, Jones, this is the second year on the 40-man. He's got to spend half the year out. Like, they have to see if he can hit Major League pitching. They have to see if he is closer to Russell Brannion or closer to Scott Morgan. They have to figure out what he is. Can he do it enough? He's another guy where it's feast or famine. Like, I, I see him either being worth, like, much like Gonzalez, he's going to be worth, like, three and a half, or he's going to be a quad A. You know, he's going to be... Laporta so they have to see this year and that's the thing Jones they have to see they have to see with Palacios they have to see with Quan. that's why I think if they don't get a clear upgrade uh, unfortunately but at the same time counter argument counter argument we're already at 37 minutes sorry uh, I think I didn't think I had anything to talk about today the counter argument is they could still go out and spend and make this team better in the long run even if you don't have anything now, like uh, anyone out there you feel is a clear upgrade. You know, there was talks that they, they were at least in on Trevor Story. Um, Conforto would be a clear upgrade. I just, I'd be surprised if they chased him. Uh, go out, give an extension. Even if it's like, okay, we can't get Jose signed. Like, we know what he wants and it's not going to work out. And even if it's like things have gone nowhere, Shane Bieber, which we know. Approach Fan Mill Reyes, who's a DH, who who had a late start in the big leagues and mashes the ball. Like, go out and get the Fran Mill extension done. Like, that's the one you can do. At least go and spend some money to reinvest in this team now. Go do something like that. Just don't sit there and look like, you know, penny pinchers because it's a bad look. And we talked about last week. The Cavs are young and exciting. The Browns are controversial, but but interesting. The Guardians are a third place, a distant third right now, and they need to do something because the toxic relationship is incredible. The toxicity between the fan base and that team is incredibly high. Uh, and I know that the owner perspective would be like, yeah, we can go out and give Jose uh, an extension. And you know what? It won't affect our who comes to the game and who doesn't. It won't affect who watches the game. We have great television sponsorship um, or great, you know, they get great ratings on TV, but no one comes. And uh, their TV contract isn't great anyways. So, you know, there's that, but that's their own fault. But at the same time, uh, if you have any hope of getting, I mean, at the same time, it's an ownership group on its way out. So why do they care? It's not an ideal situation. And we're approaching 40 minutes very quickly. Uh, Once I put in my ads, I will be. So uh, I want to thank you all who listened to this extra long episode of Lockdown Guardians as I talked my way through uh, roster sadness. Tomorrow is our Wednesday wrap-up. I will be talking about college baseball uh, almost exclusively, so tune in for that. And then hit me up on the Twitter, at Draft to give me questions. I want to get that mailbag back up and running. 
And as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.